TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Gentlemen, all those in between, do not adjust your earballs. Yes, PC Tony, I use your word earballs. It is I. It is me. He, him, your boy Ray Cash, aka Rance. And I am with my good brother, my, uh, honestly, my savior of the past few months, uh, and the pod father himself, the big fish, flub it up, dub dub, Mr. Bags. And, uh, we, we, I think it's time for us to bring you a little head trauma. And this is where you enter. It's been a minute. It's been a long ass minute. Uh, real life has kicked you square in the ass recently. Uh, but yeah, it's cool to finally get back to to being able to sit down and, and shoot the shit with you. I got to tell you, man, you, you, have, you have quite a few dance partners with you right now. Shout out to Ori, shout out to Tanner. Shout out to all the people you rock with. But uh ain't nothing like me and you together, brother. We 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 tear the internets up. Oh gee. Oh gee. Day one, sir. Day one-ish. Yes. Day one. So I don't I, I, we've exchanged pleasantries before the show, and uh, you know, a lot of the times we like to kind of ease into this a little earlier, but I hit Mags up on the Mags line because this is this is a bit of an emergency episode. Mm-hmm. So to give some context, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon for me, Sunday night for Mags um, of the 8th of August. Mm-hmm. If you know the date on the 6th of August, we kind of saw what seems to be the demise of NXT happening in real time. And all, and mind you, this happened during SmackDown's recording and live showing on television in all these people were released from wwe now mind you we know all the other releases that's happened over the past 18 months but just particularly friday i mean I've, i have a list of that as well uh the uh amazing uh denise um uh, salcedo yes. from from um fartful she uh essentially collated a list of everybody uh who's been released since uh 2020 and whew, it's a lot That's of people. Yeah. Now, mind you, that for that list that Nice did, who does great work, releases count for anybody who left the company. Because I saw some people who left on their own volition on that list. But still, mm-hmm. the and there's, number there's of people, people who, leaving. There's people who've left and then got brought back and then left again. I think Tino Sabatella uh, is on yes. there a couple of times. Yes. Um, um, if you want to read that list, you can. But this is the list that was done Friday. Yeah, I mean, this box is 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 essentially NXT. Uh, NXT have NXT have lost uh, talent in the previous releases, but nothing to the scale of what we saw uh, over this past weekend. So we're talking Bobby Fish, mm-hmm. Bronson Reed, mm-hmm. Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, the superhero of NXT, Cocaine Kona Reeves. The melted candle face, Connor Reeves. 
just disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> he looks like a rock figure that has been burnt in a house fire. He's going to be your next AEW World Champion, sir. Understand. Uh, I'm joking. I don't know. Uh, Leon Ruff, Stefan Smith, and of the new uh, newly formed Diamond Mine, Tyler Rust, mm-hmm. Zachariah Smith, Asher Hale, Guyan Zangier, Mercedes Martinez, and a little later that we found out, Denzel Dejernet, who was known as Desmond Troy. So that is, I believe, four, 13 people, 13 or 14 people. And added with all the releases we've had, and yes, some releases have come clearly from Ron SmackDown, but by and large, yeah, it's NXT. Now, there are a lot of, there's a lot of rhetoric, there's a lot of um, reports and rumor and innuendo and all of those fun words that mean the same thing. But they all seem to revolve around this one fact. Nick Khan has changed the, the has went in and looked at the books and changed the way they, they see value and talents, as Mag spoke about on numerous shows, cost to benefit analysis, but more pertinently to NXT, they seem to have come to the conclusion, which we're going to try to figure out on this episode of Head Trauma here today. If NXT, as it was constant, as it was pr- uh, presently constituted, was it working? Because they seem to want to change the format of it and go back to kind of the old format they were doing, kind of the old FCW. OVW style, where instead of bringing in indies and having a, indie wrestlers and having a super indie, let's bring in people who we know specifically only for the purpose of moving them to the main roster. Because there is no doubt, where, no dog in the fight. Factually, there is, it's, it's no doubt that Triple H was bringing people into, his, into NXT for the specifics of just being NXT wrestlers. So... Uh, we we can go a million different ways. I want to stop here and kind of toss it to you, man, and tell me what your first thoughts are about the situation. Yes. Yeah, so first of all, I mean N- NXT for me was my my main source of WWE content. I don't watch Raw. I don't watch SmackDown. I watch the pay per views, but the week in week out product that I watch from WWE is NXT. Uh, alongside AEW, and and for me, uh, Nick Khan coming in, uh, he's totally changed the way uh, WWE uh, view talent and the contracts that they give out. Uh, We've seen for the past five years, maybe, uh, a a hoarding of of talent, just anybody who's got any kind of name value that uh, another company could use is being brought in, um, whether they're being used on, on any programming or just sat there to gather dust in catering. These talents are being brought in on relatively big contracts uh, and hoarded. Nick Carner's come in, not being a wrestling fan, not having any really kind of... Um, um, Dog in a fight. Yeah, no, no kind of a love for wrestling whatsoever. He's looking at this from a purely money-orientated viewpoint. He's seen... Tons and tons of talent, hundreds and hundreds of talent sat there drawing a wage for doing zero work, not not uh, contributing to the bottom line of WWE, not selling enough merch to cover their, uh, the, the money that they're, they're getting out. And he has come in with a broadsword and said, these people got to go. Now, 
ordinarily Vince would be, no, we want to keep all these people, so our it, 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 it strangles our competition. Nick Khan has brought in this uh, this viewpoint that I don't care about the competition. I care about our bottom line. I care about the company's bottom line. Uh, and he has, he has let loose some wrestlers that Vince would have never let go. Could you honestly see Vince um, letting go Braun Strowman? Letting go Bray Wyatt? No. Let, letting go Bobby Fish? I mean, these House are names. Black. Yeah. Vince, would, Vince, without the, the influence that Nick Khan's got, would have never let these talents go because he sees uh, money in them. He sees uh, something that is saleable in them. But Nick Khan has brought facts and figures to, to Vince and said, these people will not make you as much money as you will spend to keep them in your company. So we cut them loose. Uh, and it's heartless. Uh, from an emotional point of view, it's mm-hmm. it's brutal, and I can see uh, a lot of uh, the uh, the journalists and fans get really kind of emotionally uh, uh, upset at this, and I understand exactly why. But looking at it from a financial point of view, yes, the company's making billions of profits, but they they answer to they answer to shareholders, they answer to people who are invested in their company, and if they are uh, if they've got dead wood that are not earning money, that are not adding to that bottom line, it is fiscally responsible of them to cut those those uh, those deadwoods off. Uh, is it is it callous and heartless in the cold light of day? Absolutely. But, but the dollar is king. The shareholders are king, and you have to keep them sweet. And me and Ray have differing opinions on, on the future of WWE. But for me, if you are looking to perhaps sell the company on, you need to make that company look like it is streamlined, it is efficient, you are getting the most bang for your buck, and you are drawing the most amount of profit with the littlest amount of outlay. And that, to me, is what Nick Khan has been brought in to do, to uh, really kind of streamline that ship, uh, maximise the profits, make the company look uh, more viable and um, enticing for a sale. Uh, Ray's got different opinions, and that's probably the best thing about our relationship Ray um, and me, we don't always agree. Um, but for me, this this cries out of a of a guy brought in to facilitate a sale. So let's park the bus a bit because you went to the <laughs> sale word a way earlier than I expected. Let's park the bus. A bit, I'm getting right? it out there because I know you're going to debunk. I mean, look, as 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 I am, I am by nature fantastic. I think. At arguing any point, whether it's the former or the, the I didn't go to debate club. What's the other thing? The the latter, the the either point, either side. <laughs> as much as I believe this is, they're not trying to sell, and as much as I can argue it, all the evidence shows otherwise. So I'm not so ignorant as to say it's not going to happen. I don't think it will. But let's get there in a minute. Let's kind of try to go with this section by section. First oh, of all, yeah. I, I, I'm aware I fully went totally off on <laughs> tangents then. But there's just so many the crowd. Yeah, there's so many kind of like thoughts about this going through my mind that it's easier just to verbally diarrhea it all out and then pick it apart bit by bit. You want to pick up pick apart your diarrhea bit by bit? That's what we're my, doing. Ver, my verbal diarrhea. Oh, okay. Oh, no, yeah. diarrhea, diarrhea. Be, be careful I mean, with your words, sir. 
So I don't kink shame. If you all want to pick apart yeah. someone's diarrhea, that's have at it. <laughs> do your thing, big dog. It's not for me. I don't think that's for Mags, but do your thing. Let's start here. It's important to note in any of these conversations that multiple things can be true at the same time. We seem to lose sight of this fact that it's either got to be this or that. It can be both. It can be neither. In this case, you, you spoke on it, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm glad you said it. This is terrible for fans and terrible for these wrestlers. And it can also be fantastic for the company. So it's okay for us to say that all of these are true. Okay? That's number one. So that's an important part to start because when we start talking about some of the positive ways this benefits the company or could benefit the company or probably, honestly, at this moment is benefiting the company, that doesn't mean that we're saying it's great that they fired them. No, it's saying that the company did what the company had to do and we're still out here st- sticking up for the people who lost their jobs callously. <laughs> Secondly, Vince called his Vince changed when he changed the whole way wrestling was perceived and started calling his product sports entertainment. That's not a he didn't do that on accident. He doesn't want to be associated with wrestling. Yes, he wants to be associated with either pure sport or pure entertainment, but not the wrestling stuff. In the world of sport, as the man behind Radio Techers will tell you that there were cuts that happen all the time. In fact, there are dates that you have to cut so many people to a certain time. Because in the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? In the bylaws or the whatever you call it of every, of every sport, sporting leagues, whatever, you have to have a certain amount of people sign. So like in, in right now, we're in the midst Training camp has just ended for the NFL. We had the Hall of Fame game because the Hall of Fame was this weekend, which is the very first game you you get. Very rare, very very few of the actual starters play in that game. Training camp is built to see who can make the team. In the NFL squad, there are 53 players. I think it's been expanded to 55 players now that you that you can have that you have that you can have signed to your roster and you have 10 players that you have signed to your practice squad you know how many people most of the time are assigned to the to the um to the team before training camp cuts happen upwards of 80 or 90 people mm-hmm. so every year there were 30 people who know yeah i'm probably gonna get cut now this isn't the same because these people didn't get signed thinking they would get cut they got signed of guarantee contracts so I get it. But it, we, we have to understand that just because things didn't happen a certain way before doesn't mean that things aren't going to change eventually. The business model is changing. And if AEW doesn't have to do this, hats off to them. Give them all the credit in the world. But eventually, people are going to have to leave the company because if you want to keep bringing in new people, you're going to have to cycle out some older ones. So those are the two things I wanted to start off with before we go any further. Yeah, so... Um... In context for for uh, UK European football, you have to in the Premier League you uh, are only allowed to register twenty five players for a, a season squad. Now that doesn't you you're not limited to how many players you can actually have contracted to the club, 
but you can only register 25 to be able to play uh, in any one season. So um, that would be essentially like having loads of people sat back in catering, like in WWE, yes. where they're not going to get uh, any game time. Um, so that that's uh, very, very similar. And that kind of thing happens in, in uh, regular sports all the time. We have seen it recently in UFC, fighters getting cut left, right and centre. I mean, there's there's a, a rumour that uh, over the next few months in UFC, there's going to be a mass culling of uh, of some some fighters. Um, I don't think it will get this, the same kind of uh, uh, newsworthiness of, of a WWE cut uh, because of the sheer size of WWE and the sheer emotional investment that a lot of the journalists have uh, in terms of, of, of wrestling. But the fact is, they have to be financially responsible. Yes, they are making record profits. That is, that's just, it's fact. We we see month, uh, quarter on quarter, month on month, that mm-hmm. uh, WWE are making money uh, or hand over fist. But you're not telling me that you go to a shareholder who and say, well, we made record profits this, this quarter, but if we cut these wrestlers, we could have made an extra 10 million. And they're going to go, no, well, we made enough. Let's keep giving them that ten million. It doesn't yeah. work like that. That's not how business yeah. works. I'm glad you mentioned that because even among some of my friends, which I understand the, the thought process of this, there is this ideology of eating the rich, in that the rich in this in especially my country have so much money that is just so unfair that you don't need to have two hundred billion dollars like Jeff Bezos has. I completely understand that from my perspective. Yeah, but if you're Jeff Bezos, are you gonna say I made 150 million, 150 billion dollars? I don't need any more money. No, exactly. That is not the ideology of a person in business, and these conversations often show. And so let let me stop here real quick. I wrote a column, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to big up my column, but go read it. You'll probably hate it, but whatever. But in the column, I note, and it's important to note, it is not the job of a fan. To understand or care about the to, to care about the business dealings of the company that they support. It's not the job of a fan. However, it is the job of a fan to understand that those business decisions are gonna make are gonna do things that may disagree, make make them disagree with, with what's happening. And you have to understand and understand that that is the case. Mm-hmm. I, so many people involved clearly don't understand the business dealings or don't want to, which is fine. You don't need to. But you can't be ignorant as to why these things are happening and just saying, well, Vince hates wrestlers. No, like there's, there's Meltzer put out, and we, we went off on Meltzer a few days ago, as we do all the time. But Meltzer put out a report apparently saying he got an in-company memo that says directly from someone in the company with the memo that sent out to the entire company saying no more midgets. Number one, you really think they would use midgets in the they may, but you really think they would use that terminology. And two, if there's no more midgets, then why did Vince fly Adam Cole to SmackDown and supposedly offer him a million dollar contract? When he's four foot eleven. Well, he's taller than that, but sure. No, I I honestly do not subscribe to the theory that Vince hates wrestlers. I don't even sub- really subscribe to the theory that Vince hates wrestling. What I do subscribe to is Vince loves money. <laughs> that's real. And, yes. and that and that's what this boils down to. 
as 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 cold as it is, every single wrestler in that company now has a graph attached to their name. How much it costs to keep them on board versus how much money they're bringing into the company. The cost-benefit analysis. And if your number falls into the minuses, you're likely to get cut. There's, there will be a handful, and I mean a handful of, yes. of wrestlers who could cost the company more than they um, than they're bringing, and they would still keep them around. Uh, the likes of Becky Lynch, for example, Roman, Roman, Cena, uh, to an extent, Seth Rollins, um, Sasha, Charlotte and, Charlotte yeah. and Sasha, yeah, exactly. Um, if those wrestlers started costing the company money, they would probably be saved from the chopping block just because of name value and what they bring in terms of uh, uh, unquantifiables like mainstream attention, things like that. Sure. But if you're, but if you're a ricochet, if you're um, a Humberto Carrillo, and you start costing more than you bring in, you're going. There's there's no there's no kind of um, there's no empathy there uh, in terms of, uh, of 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 the person. It's all a monetarily based situation, and if you're costing the company money, you are liable to be on the chopping block. It's as simple and clear as that. And it's fiscally that's the correct way to be. It yeah. may not it may not sound nice in 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 terms of how we feel as fans. I hate it. I hate the fact that Bobby Fish got cut. That dude, I think he should have been a laugher. But I can understand from a business point of view why this has happened. It doesn't mean I'm simping for WWE. It doesn't mean I'm I'm caping for a, a billion-dollar company at all. What they're doing is uh, morally uh, abhorrent to me. I hate yeah. seeing people out of work. Right. But I, I can also see why a company making record money wants to make even more money. Because that's what they're in the business of making money. They are here to be your friend. They're not here to hug you and make you a hot chocolate. They're here to take as much money from you as they can. And it's important to note, this isn't just a company wanting to make more money. This is a publicly traded company wanting to make more money. So if, and this isn't to do the the AW versus WWE thing, but if, if AW did this, that would be callous because that's all coming out of that man's pocket. It's a private company. Mm-hmm. From a, if WWE was still pu- pri- if still privately owned, this would be horrifically callous, and it's callous still. But by law, to continue to run as a business, they have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that their shareholders are served. Completely disagree with. Everywhere they're doing it. I hate it. I can't stand it. If that's the reason why I bothered this man out of out of had spending time with his family to make to record this, because I hate it. Mm-hmm. But facts are facts, right? And you and here here's another fact as well. AEW may now be the golden child. Everybody loves them. But three, five, seven, ten years down the line, they mm-hmm. will be doing the same thing. Because billionaires do not become billionaires by throwing money down black holes. I've said this from day one of AEW. Yes, right now they you love them because they're giving you what you want. An alternative to WWE, you're getting all your uh, the the indie stars brought in. But eventually, Tony Khan and his father are going to want to make money off this company. 
they are not going to keep having eight-figure losses year on year before this gets wound up. It's as simple and clear as that. Facts, man. Facts. So let's let's get into kind of the crux of the argument. We've kind of set the scene here. We've kind of explained the change in business model that seems to have been uh, kind of precipitated by Nick Khan's hiring. Um, the hundreds of wrestlers who have left the company in the past two 18 years. 18 months, yeah. 18 it, months, yeah. Looking at the list, it's it's shocking because yeah. if you had this level of talent on your roster, this is a company on its own. This is a, a viable number two company on its own. There you are, just you never lied. Have, I mean, it's a joke kind of floating around the internet, but like if there's another dude that's a billionaire that wants to build another company, AW2 is right for the picking with all the people that's available right now. So, you, I mean, look, facts. Even and, with um, Impact and Ring of Honor and New Japan and MLW and GCW and Reality of Wrestling and PWG and all this, you can still get a whole nother company mm-hmm. with those um, people that's out. Uh, uh, SRS from Fightful, he added a little caveat to uh, Denise's list and said less than 18% of the, the people named have full-time contracts anywhere else now. So that's still 82% of these Hundreds of talents are still yeah, no, available for a, another company, another Tony Khan with uh, with more money than sense to swoop in and go. We want to be the alternative to AEW. Well, it look, I can't, I can't wait to watch KPW, Kirkby Pro Wrestling. Let's go. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I had billions of dollars. I really do. <laughs> you know, I used to I used to wish that I had billions of dollars so I could create my own wrestling company. After this shit, I don't want it no more. <laughs> not this is not a wrestling company. But speaking of wrestling companies, let's break down this NXT situation a little bit, shall we? There is no secret. This is a hard conversation for me. Cause Max talked about how this is the only co- this is the only regular week to week program he watches on on from WWE. That's cool. I have been a w- an NXT stand from the very beginning. I'm talking about from the moment I watched the NXT, the TV, sh- the game show. And then when they flipped over to that first show on Full Sail with Richie Steamboat and Cassius Ono and Seth Rollins as the headbanger and Jinder Mahal and Curtis Axel and Johnny Curtis and like I have loved this show from that point to now. I have been a an NXT stand from day one. That's why I take so much umbrage with some of the things people say about the company. Like they said, NXT was brought uh, to TV to go after AEW or to, to her AEW's ratings. When they've been on Wednesday the entire time, and there's a two-year provable stretch of reports that they were trying to get NXT on television. Like That's why I get so offended, because I care about that product. NXT. I care about it. So to see the things that's happening to it, I can only imagine how Hunter feels. I can only imagine how Matt Bloom and Sarah Del Rey feel. I can only imagine the ideology down there in Orlando in Winter Park with the Performance Center and the people that are contracted or work out of that building and out of that company. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. 
That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. My first question to you is, do you think Vince thinks NXT is working or has worked? Because I, I want you to answer that question. And once you answer that question, I want to run down the list of people who have come out of NXT. Because it's important to note, while everybody, I think it's like an 85% list percent of people that are working in, in on main roster wrestling now and WWE right now have come from NXT. There's a difference between being trained and starting with NXT and being trained and started with FCW, which then turned NXT. But I'll, I'll leave that to you first and foremost. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm in two minds on this. I think 2018 Vince, probably saw um, NXT as a loss leader where it's going to cost him money uh, in the short term, but in the long term, the, the stars it produces for the main roster will be where he uh, he makes that money back and more. 2021, um, uh, Vince, seems to be a different beast. Uh, whether that's uh, the influence of, of, uh, of Nick Khan but he um, seems to be more uh, f- more interested in the here and now, the cost that uh, something is, uh, is 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 costing at this moment. So right now, I think he's looking at NXT from that used to be uh, essentially a developmental brand uh, that is going to uh, uh, create stars for uh, Raw and for SmackDown, and now it is a, a third brand that needs to be able to stand on its own feet and be profitable and in that case i think he's looking at it and saying this isn't working it is not profitable which is maybe that's a little bit of vince changing the goalpost maybe that's a little bit of a of a nick khan's influence but i think right now his mindset is that this is not the same nxt as he envisioned three to four years ago so that's a great point. I, so I we started this conversation. I, I texted you, and I was having a conversation. I have a group chat with my outsiders, Edge, compadres, and a couple of other friends of ours. And um, we were talking about this, and it's affecting some of the guys in the group pretty heavily because we're all NXT diehard fans, if you will. And I came to the conclusion... That I think all of this is happening, and it's not because of AEW, but I think NXT has run at a loss for pretty much since the inception of, of the Performance Center. 
because the performance center was supposed to be this big groundbreaking thing. The idea behind the, the idea behind the performance center wasn't more for indie wrestlers, but it was more for they people like Bianca Belair or like Baron Corbin, these people who were in professional athletes, Tino Sabatelli to a lesser extent, who are coming from the, the professional sporting world didn't necessarily want to go train at the Monster Factory or Team 3D or down here at Booker T's, uh, Booker T's gym, right? Reality of Wrestling gym and work indies to get into the business. There was no structured way for WWE to recruit. Like if you're in, if you're going to college and you're to go to the University of Texas and you're on a recruiting trip and you see that gym, that would make anybody say, man, I want to go here. Mm-hmm. WWE didn't have that. Triple H noticed that, rightfully so, pitched the Performance Center, and so much revenue was put into the Performance Center. Rightfully so. Because it isn't just the workout or the seven rings, but there's the digital side. There's training the announcers. There's so much involved. There's strength conditioning. They have a striking coach, of Seth Petrozelli. They have a... It, it, it is... By it, people compare it to the what the people train for the Olympics at mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs. It is that level of good, right? So since that inception, NXT has run at a loss. NXT is dually the 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 uh, developmental system and the television brand. It is a dual name. So with that being said, Triple H has had full autonomy. To book how he wanted, to sign who he wanted, to train how he wanted, to put on shows and not grow to the point where they have major pay-per-views and major stadiums, I mean arenas, to the point where they've even infiltrated the main roster at times thanks to the debacle in Saudi Arabia where they infiltrated in a, uh, Survivor Series and won the pay-per-view. He's run at such with such autonomy. That the first time that they had any threat of competition, not WWE, NXT particularly, I feel like Vince said, I bro, not bro, son, or Paul, whatever you want to call him, but this is this is right talking. I bro, I've given you keys to the castle. Show me it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And as much as it hurts me to say as NXT stand. NXT was properly demolished head to head regularly by AEW. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. To the point where, as much as it hurts me to say this, this is true. This is factual. They were run off of the of the date and had to move to Tuesday. Yeah. That's factual. They I, didn't I, come, they didn't come on Wednesday. They didn't come to Cable on Wednesdays to offset AEW, but they sure as hell left Wednesdays because of AEW. <laughs> Yeah, that that to me always felt like, and I know you uh, you, you mentioned earlier uh, that you don't think that NXT was was set to combat AW, but it was certainly set to disrupt, and it was certainly put on the same day to kind of disrupt AW, and maybe that was a little bit of a, a naivete, maybe it was a little bit of bullishness from from Vince, uh, who I, I would assume it was him who made that decision alongside uh, the USA Network. Um, to say we'll beat down these uh, these up and comers. We've done this stuff before. Uh, we we drove companies out of out of town, but there just seems to be a different mindset nowadays. 
um, that it kind of almost um, it 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 made the AEW fans more more kind of bullish that they they were they would uh, they wanted to beat this kind of challenge uh, from NXT and you you rightly said they were run off the date. Uh, and as they've even as they've moved, the the numbers have, have have slowly trickled down. Do I think the product that NXT are putting out is uh, inherently worse? Absolutely not. I think uh, in terms of wrestling and storyline, um, for me, uh, who has been watching for a hell of a long time, it's still as cohesive uh, and interesting as it used to be. But when you've got a new shiny shiny in the corner of your eye, you you kind of are swayed. Uh, and I think that that's the issue. Vince kind of threw NXT essentially to the wolves, thinking yes. that thinking that um, right trips you have put five years of dedication to this. I want to see you demolish these upstarts, put these motherfuckers in their place. And when yes. it didn't, trips caught the backlash from it because and the money that the WWE had ploughed into this uh, NXT system stood for nothing because a new company rose up from nowhere and were handily beating them week in, week out, sometimes doubling the viewer numbers. And I think, I don't think that Vince is wrong for that thought process. The more I've, I've sat and thought about it, let me tell you why I don't think that it is. The initial NXT television show was pitched as a way to continue to bring forth the people that they had that didn't have television experience and show them how to work TV. Mm-hmm. That's why the initial NXT crew, again, listen to the names. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Rusev, Xavier Woods, Big E, Jimmy and Jay Uso, Paige, Emma. Sound familiar? So, like, these are the initial people. Drew McIntyre was the first FCW champion. These are the people who were bored being bred to build who the, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, are the people, rest in peace, my boy Brody, who was who were building the top of WWE that we know it now, right? This is the group. But none of these people have worked on TV. So that was the initial point of it. It got so critically good that all right, well, maybe we can make some money off of this, which is the right thing to do from a business perspective. But when it got to the point where Triple H started signing people just to sign them, not for the purpose of building them for the main roster, but just to be an NXT lifer, you know what I mean? Like, I remember the, 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 the biggest group of it, I think, was when they signed the quintet of Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Pac, a.k.a. Neville, Finn Balor, and Kenta, a.k.a. Hideo Itami. That was kind of like the kings of the indies of that time going corporate. Mm-hmm. This is a huge moment for the indie wrestling because it shows you can make it because none of those guys were supposed to, quote-unquote, make it to the E. And it's a huge moment for, it, for NXT because it's showing we can sign top-level talent. And to their credit, they had they did great work. And I don't care what nobody says, with the exception of Kenta, because he fell apart. All four of those guys had fantastic main roster runs. Yes, Neville, too. Okay? Call me crazy. 
But and all of them. And I think that yeah. signifies uh, a seismic shift in the whole ethos behind NXT. Um, yes. Before, that, before yes. those talents landed and then talents subsequently landed, it was it was primarily a developmental uh, brand. It was there yeah. so you could learn the WWE way of wrestling. You could learn the hard cam talent. You could learn how to work on the stick. You could learn um, uh, commentary. You could learn Tommy. referee. Yep. You could learn everything that a WWE wrestler needed to learn. But when yep. you started bringing in those wrestlers that you mentioned, you followed it up with the likes of EC3, Eric Young, uh, the Undisputed Era, uh, Gaz. Nakamura. All people who, who know how to work a cam who know how to work a mark, who know about timing. Exactly. Samoa Joe. People who've been doing this week in, week out for Austin other companies. Aries. NXT, that's when NXT stopped being a developmental brand and started being an WWE's indie brand. And beautifully said. And so to the overarching point that I want to get your opinion on, I, I don't blame Vince for feeling how he felt when the whole situation happened because Triple H had essentially autonomously created this thing that became what fans thought the reason why, not me and you, but the reason why the people who were AEW fans now loved NXT at the time that they did, Triple H created an alternative in the same damn company. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to something that I've mentioned time and time again, not only on this show, but on most uh, multiple shows. The whole point of WWE's um, uh, mindset in creating content right now is to throw as much at the wall uh, yeah. to hit every single demographic. And that's what uh, NXT evolved into. Yeah. It evolved into dragging in those indie fans who probably wouldn't even care less about uh, the kind of corporate main roster WWE wrestling. But they knew Sami Zayn. They knew Kevin Steen. They knew Adam Cole. They knew uh, Reed Dragon. They knew these people. Exactly. That was their boys. And they could see them all in one place for $9.99 on the WWE Network. And that that was the selling point. The issue is, and I think this is something that you're kind of alluding to, is NXT became too big. It became too um, popular to the point where Vince was looking and thinking, why am I giving this away on on uh, the network when I can be shipping this out to a TV company and getting millions of dollars in, in licensing for this every year? I think uh, without AEW, I think that may have not have come as soon as it did, but uh, with the kind of AEW on the on the the periphery, it kind of forced Vince's hand that yeah, I need to get this out to the masses. Unfortunately, it didn't work, and Vince is not Vince is not someone who's um, bothered about failure so much. Dude's tried at XFL two times, yeah. failed both times. He knows that he's going to fail eventually, but the thing is, he doesn't stop trying. Um, and uh, getting back to kind of the main point of this episode, uh, saying whether NXT has failed, I think it's hard to say that it hasn't, because 
it's getting soundly beaten in the ratings. It's not living up to the 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 threat of AEW. Is it putting on a great product? Absolutely. I love watching NXT product, but if you're if you're comparing this as the competitor to AEW, it, this is this is WWE nineteen ninety five against uh, WCW. Well, let, let me give a couple of retorts. First and foremost, when I asked the NXT, NXT fail, which we're kind of starting to get into now, I don't mean the TV show. I don't mean the brand. The NXT, the NXT, the show that we see every Tuesday. I don't mean that. Because even though the ratings are bad, or not bad, but they're not what they were, they're still a great product on television. I'm talking about the thought behind NXT, the brand, the developmental fear, the, the, the ideology behind NXT, number one. Number two, a, a couple of quick retorts. Um, NXT would have always been on around the time that they came on uh, on to USA because it happened right after the deals were made. If you remember, USA decided to look at Raw and SmackDown separately instead of buying them as a package like they usually did. And they bought Raw for the billion dollars and said, well, you know, we don't really need, uh, I think it was a 1.5 bill or something like that. Something crazy amount of money just for Raw alone, and said we don't really want SmackDown. And then SmackDown got a billion dollars from Fox, and they were like, "Wait a minute, I think we may want more content." And so, if you remember, NXT was going to go to FS1. Yes. And that's when USA was like, "Nah, son, we want it." So it still would have happened around the time it happened. <laughs> it's just there was a reason for USA to say we want to be number one in the night. That was, you know, so so that so that's what that I think. Um, but the second thing I want to I want to retort to, which kind of furthers what I want to get into right now, is that um, everything you said about Vince, I believe, is right. But I think what I want to touch on is that NXT did get too big, but I don't mean too big that he wanted to monetize it. I think NXT got too big doing non-Vince things. Being the antithesis of what's in WWE, right? And again, the point of NXT was to build new stars. All the names I've mentioned that are huge, with the exception of these Sami Zayn names that we just started mentioning, were FCW guys. Trained by Steve Kern, trained by Dusty, trained by Bill DeMott, all these people. We don't start getting PC people until we get to the Sami Zayn people and then people who sign with, in fact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, even though he's a PC guy, I think Baron Corbin was signed at the very tail end of, of FCW. Mm-hmm. But you start yeah. getting to the Baron Corbins and to the Bianca Belairs and to the Eliases of the world and these people who are strictly PC people, right? So, again, the goal is, now, mind you, the main thing that, and Vince doesn't care about the IWC one bit, but the main rhetoric is just to kind of give you an ideology of the timeline of any of WWE main roster throughout this entire time. We're talking from 2014 on is the main roster. All we see is old guy, old guy, old guy, old guy, old guy. The shield comes changes a lot of that same year. The Wyatt's come changes a bunch of that. We're starting to see some new blood now. Okay. Things a little different. CM Punk is on top. Daniel Bryan's on top. Things may be a little bit different. CM Punk walks out. Daniel Bryan can't wrestle no more. Well, now we got to break the shield up to put them at the top. Oh, we don't want Roman now. Well, who do you want? Let's do this, this, and that. Things start to change. This is the time 
where NXT was built for, to send the new people up and have them ready. Big E was supposed to be ready. It took Big E two years till he found the New Day to really be Big E. And, you know and I mean? even, even with the New Day, it's took him five years to get that push into perhaps being uh, in the main level. From a, from a singles perspective, but I'm talking, mm-hmm. Big E will tell you his whole main roster run before he got the New Day, he didn't know what he was doing. Essentially, it was Dolph Ziggler's valet. He was, he was, he was Dolph Ziggler's heavy, and then when he turned on Dolph, he was a guy that screamed a lot and had chalk on his hands. <laughs> but so, you're not building stars either. So all you're doing is you're doing the exact opposite of what was promised. You were promised what you promised as an entire ideology of NXT is to build stars and to not spend money. Unless it was necessary. Now you're spending more money than we could than we could bring in working at a loss. Then you're not building stars for me, and you're making your shows and your roster bigger. Mm-hmm. So like, and then once they start coming over, and this is no this is no fault of hunters. I don't think maybe it is, but I want to use for I want to use Bailey as an example. The the story of Bailey. From being Davina Rose to becoming Bailey to finding who she was to getting beat and turned on by every single person on that woman's roster to finally starting to get good and believing herself to that spot at Brooklyn with Sasha. That whole two year span of Bailey, right? It's one of the most beautiful stories you'll ever see from beginning to end. Now, the reason Bailey failed at the very beginning of her run on the main roster was because they tried to put all of that into one week. And I'm just all of a sudden, because of who she is, she gets these cheers in this 500-seat arena. And, you know, all these smart fans cheer for her because we go to the big arenas and the smart fans cheer for her. But when she's on the main show, when we're on SmackDown who don't watch NXT, they don't have a reason to care about her. Mm-hmm. Right? So she Shane Balor ran into the same the- problem. So she had to start from day one. Had to start from scratch. The problem with NXT at that time period is that he was making stars for his promotion that couldn't cross over to the main roster. The same people don't watch the same show. Correct. So that's important. And they still don't. And they still don't know. I mean, look at uh, the reception Karrion Cross has been getting on main roster compared to uh, when he... I mean, he, I know he's getting a little bit of backlash now, uh, but that's fickle fans being fickle. But, fickle, when, he, but when he were, when he first came into NXT, there was huge heart for Karrion Cross. Uh, and now on, on main roster, he's going down like a wet fart. And I think that is a, a symptomatic of, of how Vince is, is seeing NXT right now. He's seen um, Hunter spend all these uh, this money. Uh, he's seen the, the kind of harp around NXT to the point where he was willing to uh, use a big four pay-per-view to put over those NXT stars, uh, as we saw at Survivor Series. And then he said, right, Hunter, where's the money? Where's the profit coming from? And then when Hunter's going, what profit? That's when Vince is saying... So you're not providing me with ready-made stars for the main roster. 
You are signing uh, people who are going to be NXT laughers, the likes of uh, Tommy Ciampa, the likes of Johnny Gagano. Up till recently, you would have said the likes of Adam Cole. You're not making profit. You're signing these wrestlers. Um, You're losing week on week to a, a, a new competitor. You are failing. It's time we we brought this in to uh, the WWE's uh, kind of rhetoric. I'm glad you brought up Ciampa and Gargano because two things about them and the and, and thought process to that. What you think about this? Number one, Triple H garnered such a different working environment down in NXT that people were audibly saying, "I'm not talking about secretly on interviews." On hot mics on television, I'm never leaving NXT. I'm, I'll retire before I leave NXT. Simultaneously, there were people who were called up to NXT, called up to the main roster, who had never wrestled in NXT or had wrestled one or two matches, and are successful. Braun Strowman never wrestled a match in NXT. Elias had maybe three. Almost never wrestled in NXT. But these people are called to the main roster. Anders, Carmella, Alexa Bliss, Dominic and Mysterio, superstar Dominic Mysterio came walked in out. He walked in from the house. He came from the crib dressed in Gucci, Gucci down to the socks, and all of a sudden now was a tag champ. And but 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 then and then also too simultaneously those are two things. The triumvirate of all this mess that Triple H I believe put himself in. I'm a huge Triple H supporter, but facts are facts. Is that then you add those two together, people don't want to leave. Then people getting sent up who never wrestled, who are more successful than people who wrestled. Mm-hmm. Then the people you send in who wrestled are people who wrestled one. Now, EC3 is one that we don't get. I don't understand how that. Even EC3 says, maybe I fucked that up because I just didn't talk for myself. But that's, you would think. That that character would work for Vince. But how many of the people that got called up to Vince Land from the PC, not from FCW NXT, but from the PC era, that got called up to Vince Land ain't work? Way too many. Too many. Way too many. So it's like. Because NXT has has changed its uh, its whole kind of outlook. It is not now prepping wrestlers to move up to main roster it is now prepping wrestlers to be a star on nxt that's the fact heavy machinery think about heavy machinery heavy machinery they they were in nxt for a minute but they didn't win nothing they won nothing war machine authors of pain these guys should have been beasts on on Raw and SmackDown, but because Raw and SmackDown uh, fans know nothing about them, because um, they are NXT characters, they they flopped. They flopped hard. I mean, the the Viking Raiders, the Viking experience. The, a lot of there were a lot of issues around that. Um, yeah. And 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 God love the guys. They're still there, grinding and trying to be a success on on main roster. Uh, I absolutely love them for that. But they were hamstrung from day one. They absolutely were. They they were. And and to be fair, so this is this brings me into one more point. I wanna I wanna make. 
The biggest one of the biggest mistakes Triple H has made that nobody will ever talk about is allowing people to keep their trademarks. Now, from a wrestling perspective, that's fantastic. As a fan, I don't want to change. I don't want to call you such and such and such and such. You know, you know what I'm saying? You, you ricochet. I don't want to have to call you Slippy Doo. You ricochet. That, that's a that's actually a very pertinent point because there's a certain uh, former NXT former main roster wrestler who today has said that she's actually in uh, uh, in a, a lawsuit with the WWE over a real life actual name Chelsea Green um, yeah. because she signed with the company under her real name which became a WWE owned property when she signed that contract and uh, and essentially gave that that wrestling name away so she may not be able to wrestle as Chelsea Green even though it's a, a legally given name yeah man there's trademarks and then there's copyrights and so like you can't trademark someone's real name but you can copy you can you can't copyright somebody's real name but you can trademark it mm-hmm. WWE owns trademark to the real name that's that's the yeah. whole Cody Rose argument Cody Rhodes, Rhodes isn't his real name, but he's used Rhodes as, in fact, I think he added Rhodes to his real name, whatever, but that was the argument. They owned the trademark to the name Rhodes, who was a copyright for a wrestler who they owned the IP for. But but the reason I think that's a big deal is because, think about it from a business perspective. This is the whole reason why 90-day contracts exist in wrestling. It's so that everything you built, a wrestler can take what you built and go to another company and further off of what you built and make money off of what you did. And this is where AEW will, down the line, become very, very unstuck because they they allow all their talent to use their real names, to use their uh, their uh, wrestling names that they've used previously, to own yep. their own own uh, copywriting. Uh, to advertise their own uh, um, out-of-company uh, revenue streams, that eventually will bat AEW uh, on the backside. Because as much as we hate it in WWE when a wrestler is brought in and they're given a brand new name and we have to learn a new uh, a wrestler's new name, it is for the purpose of saying we own this RP. This is how you are known to our fans. Yes. Uh, Outside of this company, you cannot use this name. I mean, how many wrestlers have we seen get released who go from their their uh, wrestling name straight back to the shoot name? I mean, uh, Ari Sterling, for instance, he was watching himself on 205 Live and knowing that he had to change his name back to his original name because he'd been cut that very day. Um, it's Jonathan a, Reed, it's a, a.k.a. Jonah Rock. It's a brilliant business move. Is it annoying? Uh, as a fan, absolutely, but WWE want to uh, maximize their revenue streams as much as possible. Well, think about this. Imagine how horrible it'd be from a business standpoint if Adam Cole says, nah, bro, I appreciate what y'all done. Shake my hand. And at All Out, at something something, something for you comes out, and Adam Cole, baby, comes out. Mm-hmm. Now, now, not Austin Jenkins, not uh, not Ariana Colberson or whatever, anything other than... But Adam Cole, the same Adam Cole who two weeks ago, or actually since he's wrestling at TakeOver, spoiler alert, the same guy that was on TakeOver a week ago, they don't want another Rick Rude situation. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Jeff Jarrett situation. Ultimate Warrior situation. Hulk Hogan Ultimate. situation. So it's like, it's just not good business. Now, 
So let's let's, let's we've we've kind of broken this down on a bunch of different vantage points. Let's kind of put a bow on it. Let's kind of put everything we put together and kind of let's 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 get on the stand and tell the truth and come up with our final arguments or our final thoughts from this. Everything we talked about the the entire growth and and ideology of NXT as developmental. There are very visible highs and successes. Bianca Belair, a person that people continue to 100% not acknowledge when they have these conversations. People like Baron Corbin. People like Elias. People like, even though he's gone now, Braun Strowman. These people who were completely and utterly trained by the WWE and now are where they are now. Well, Drew wasn't trained by WWE, but sure, Drew is a top guy now, right? Roman is a top guy who was particularly trained by that. Even Bray Wyatt, he's gone. Bray Wyatt's first bump was in the WWE ring. But so there are visible successes from, from a wrestler standpoint. Then there are also visible failures from wrestler standpoints. Wrestlers who just didn't work. Wrestlers who Triple H believed in, who kept pushing, just could just didn't work. Wrestlers who Triple H didn't push left and became huge, right? Solomon Crow, aka Sam Callahan. I hate the little fucker, but he's a superstar in Impact. I mean, he was just, nobody just, in NXT. Just to stay on that point, uh, wrestling fans now they forget that this has happened for years. This kind of bringing wrestlers in and then not being able to make a success in one company, but then to be huge in another company. This isn't something that's that's new to 2021. This has been happening since wrestling was wrestling. I mean, how many uh, wrestlers who couldn't make it in WCW end up being huge stars in WWF? ECW. Yeah, exactly. So this isn't a new thing. You might just be uh, looking at it as yeah, WWE uh, uh, a failing, but it's happened for years and years in every single wrestling company. For whatever reason, there's all there's something that keeps a wrestler from achieving their potential in one company, but then they're able to be uh, an absolute superstar in another company. That's the wrestling business. And I'm not gonna go as as uncaring. As to say, well, WWE was hoarding people, then clearly they you can't be upset that they're hoarding people and be upset that they're releasing people. I'm not going to be that callous. But I am going to say, if we're going to big up the fact that there are so many places for wrestlers to work, we have to normalize the fact that wrestlers are going to be leaving. Mm-hmm. I will say that. It will happen in AEW. It is going to happen. It may not happen yet, but it will happen. There will be uh, cuts and uh, callings in AEW. Because yeah. they're building up a, a hefty roster, uh, and uh, they're not all going to be able to get uh, screen time. Uh, and eventually, people are going to get um, uh, upset at the amount of time that they're not getting on screen. There are going to be issues backstage. Uh, Tony Khan is going to get to the point where he has to do financial cuts. It's going to happen. It, and just because it isn't happening now doesn't mean it won't happen in the future. So. Let's get out of here. Point blank, honest opinions. Do you think NXT failed? As a fan, no. 
not in the slightest. I think it's been one of the brightest things that WWE have done in the past decade. As a business, yes, it's losing money. It's as simple and clear as that. It's uh, it's changed its whole outlook of what the whole point of NXT was to be, to bring uh, wrestlers in uh, that will be primed to work on Raw and SmackDown. It is not achieving that anymore. Can it be the same? Uh, can it uh, start making profit? Absolutely. Um, but I think it, it may need trimming down, which is what we've seen, unfortunately. To answer the question, I'm pretty much with you. As a touring and uh, television brand, of course not. Fantastic work. Fantastic moments. Uh, Houses are full. I've been to a few takeovers. I've been to multiple takeovers, and the houses are full. Not at all. Did not feel at all. But the but the idea and the and and the 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 idea and the point behind NXT as to what it was supposed to be, as pitched, as what the money was allotted to for Triple H for NXT, as for the point of him getting becoming an EVP, for the point of global uh, localization with the. Uh, a performance center in India, and a performance center in Japan, and a performance center in Brazil, and a performance and the performance center that exists in London or Liverpool or wherever it is. I think NXT failed, mm-hmm. and the reason that hurts my heart so much, not the brand, but the developmental, is because while I understand where they're going, and it, it's probably going to be better for the company, I don't want to see the company go back to old habits. And I don't think they're going to go back to old habits in that we're only bringing in guys six foot four and bigger and every woman got to have 34 D double D tits and, and, and uh, models who don't know how to wrestle and bikini contests. I'm not saying we got to go that far, but I appreciated the fact that at this point with NXT showed you, you may not go to the main roster, but you got talent. You can make it. And now they're not looking for talent anymore. They're looking for intangibles. Because they've, it's, I've said this a million times on any show I've ever been on. The easiest part of pro wrestling is the wrestling. Anybody can learn how to do that. I can teach you right now. You, I, I don't know if you've ever taken a bump ever before. But I can teach you right now how to lock up, how to do a certain couple moves and take a bump. Anybody can learn that. Hard part is learning why do you take the bump. Mm-hmm. And what's the point of the bump? And what's the point of this bump and that bump? And when do I do this? Why do I do that? Or let me sequence these things together. And why is these things sequenced? Or let me talk about it so that when I do this move, that I brought you into the arena to pay for me to, to pay to see me do this move. That's mm-hmm. the hard part. Those things breed, need, uh, need and breed intangibles. And a lot of the people that Hunter signed may not have the intangibles that have shown historically that make Vince money. And that's why it's disappointing to me that indeed NXT failed. Yeah. And, and to, to kind of round off my thoughts uh, with um, the recent reports that, that we, we've seen going around, I'm more worried uh, for NXT now than I've ever been mm-hmm. because 
Um, it's been reported in multiple sources. Uh, Dave Meltzer, uh, Sean Ross Sapp over at Fartful have said that um, Bruce Pritchard, Vince and Nick Khan and John Laurinaitis are now more actively involved in NXT than they have ever been before. Um, that to me shows that maybe the faith in uh, Mackles and Trips and, um, yeah, and Regal is not there anymore. Uh, yeah. And we are getting a third WWE brand rather than an NXT. That would be my concern in the next year or so. We shall see. Well, <sighs> we shall. I think, and I'm I sure think, we'll talk about it here on Head Trauma when it happens. 100%. 100%. But this was, we needed to kind of verbalize these thoughts because so much there's so much rhetoric online this past weekend and it's just i mean like hunter don't don't look at your phone big dog because they are roasting you right now and i hate to see it because i think hunter did hunter did and does great work and and the nxt brand has done great work and i think the developmental group has done great work it's just not doing the work it's supposed to do if i it's no different than, and I'll end on this. There's a clip on the internet going right now of the Olympics or some whatever. It's some karate tournament where a guy's fighting another guy and then he knocks him out with a kick and he loses <laughs> due to disqualification. Look, man, I hate it. I think it's stupid. But the rules say you don't really hit him. So by the rules, he should have got disqualified. Buy what Vince wants. Just because we like it, just because you're getting some ratings and you're getting some critical acclaim, you ain't making no money, dog. And that's what it boils down to. That's what it boils down to with WWE. Ratings are an afterthought. Critical acclaim is an afterthought. Money off TV companies is the be-all, end-all. Ching-ching. Dollar, dollar. Exactly. And and to go to that that kick, uh, oh my God, that was a brilliant kick, by the way. The way he, he knocked he knocked his opponent clean out. But oh, the beautiful. comments underneath, the amount of times they mentioned Algerine Sterling was unreal, unreal. <laughs> it was brilliant. Loved it. Shout out to Peter Yan. Uh, <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that other fight that happened this week because oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't go. Uh, nonetheless. I'm at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y's and Mysterio, C-A-S-H, as in dollars. Uh, the Black Beast right now is, shut up, Rance. Uh, what are you, what, where, where are you at, Max? Because you're everywhere, but tell the people what your <laughs> handle is. So I am on Twitter, at Podfather Mags. Uh, in terms of content, I am all over the shop. Uh, a lot of my content is here, right here on Chair Shot Radio. Uh, so definitely listen out for me on uh, A Changing Attitude and on Five Rounds uh, and on the, the, the Midweek Mainstay slash Headlock Trauma uh, slash Five Round Fallout slash whatever it is that particular week. Uh, we bring this uh, content week in, week out uh, for, for you all to, to listen to. So definitely keep your ears pe- peeled here on The Chair Shop. A.K.A. The Mag Show. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm just keeping the seat warm. Well, I appreciate you for doing that. I appreciate y'all for listening. Um, hit us up on, hit us up on uh, Twitter. You know, or Facebook or wherever you're, whatever social media you got. 
Let us know what you think. Did NXT send me, fail? Send me a letter. Yep, right. Morse code. Morse code. Smoke, smoke signals allowed. Uh, carrier pigeons if you got them. Whatever. Pony Express. It still exists. But let us know. And don't and don't and don't be facetious and don't be a dick about it. Like legitimately debating pros and cons and merit. Do you think NXT as a developmental system failed? We want to know what we're here for. But for me, for Max, uh, you know what? I appreciate y'all listening. And uh, what, what do we tell the people, Max? That no matter what your opinion on NXT, AEW, FCW, GCW, Chikara, KPW, yeah, KPW, that you should always, always use your head. And if you don't have that, use your flub them up. I've not done that for so long. Uh, I'm back, baby. <laughs>